Welcome to OECD Podcast, where policy meets people. For almost three years now, the tourism sector has been going through a really tough time. Before the pandemic, tourism contributed 4.4% of GDP and 6.9% of employment in OECD countries on average. The sector also generated around a fifth of all service exports. And indeed, anyone who has traveled or taken a holiday and been a tourist can speak to how this benefits our well-being. After hitting 1.5 billion international tourist arrivals in 2019, travel restrictions saw international tourist arrivals worldwide go down by about 70%. But this year, we've seen tourism strongly rebound in many countries, which exceeded expectations. This has been driven by pent-up demand, household savings, and I guess the easing of travel restrictions since COVID in what's called the revenge spend. The sector now, unfortunately, is facing an uncertain outlook as the global economic slowdown and the fallout from Russia's war of aggression in Ukraine brings new challenges. Tourism businesses are being hit by rising costs and tight labour markets. The cost of living crisis is also putting pressure on household incomes and on consumer spending. So as governments and businesses look to address these challenges and boost the recovery in the short term, there's also a risk that the momentum to create a stronger, more sustainable tourism economy will stall. Welcome to OECD Podcasts. My name is Shane McLaughlin and I'm delighted that today we are joined by two veritable experts on the outlook and the priorities for the tourism recovery. We're joined by Sergio Guerrero, who is a senior director at Turismo de Portugal and also the chair of the OECD Tourism Committee. He'll be talking to Jane Stacey, who is the head of tourism at the OECD. Sergio, great to have you with us and welcome to OECD Podcasts. Yeah, hello, Jane. Thank you very much for, for inviting me to participate. 2022 has been more positive in many countries, including in your own country. Can you tell us a bit about how tourism is performing in Portugal and your expectations for the recovery? The data that our statistics office and central bank released yesterday show that uh, we reached until October, from January to October, 23 million uh, arrivals at hotels, 61 million overnight stays. And this represents 97% uh, increase on 2021 and actually minus 1.6% only on 2019. So we're back on, on, on track. And when we look at, uh, at spending of non-residents, actually we've reached our maximum already of 18.5 billion uh, euros, which is 17% on 2019. So excellent results. Uh, and all this with uh, our fifth market, which is Brazil, uh, still 70% of, uh, of what w- compared to, to 2019 without Asia, because Asia, it, it hasn't started. Our air connectivity is back to 2019 levels and revenues in hotels are 14% on top of, uh, of 2019. So a very positive story for Portugal. We see across OECD countries, the, the picture is a bit more mixed um, with some countries performing very well and other countries, the recovery has been slower. What do you think have been some of the factors for Portugal um, that have helped tourism bounce back quickly? First of all, obviously, uh, the ease of COVID restrictions uh, uh, above all in, in Europe and, and North America were quite important. Also, the control of the pandemic itself and the, and the vaccination process, I think it went quite well. Uh, 
a second point that I would say uh, explains a lot of what, of what happened is is a strong government effort that we've uh, we've been pushing for in terms of supporting um, companies to maintain the industry ready. That this was one of our priorities. So keep the competitiveness uh, of of the sector alive. To when uh, demand is uh, is is back, we we are able to respond in in a good way. So we've. We've launched several instruments of around 3 billion euros to support companies. We've maintained more than 25,000 jobs with our, directly with our, with our companies. We've trained more than 50,000 people uh, around this, um, this period. We've, we've launched, I would say, one flagship initiative, which, which was the Clean and Safe Stamp to actually uh, restore confidence, both for companies, both for workers and both for tourists. I think that was pretty much impressive. And we had more than 25 companies uh, participating in this process. We have also, uh, in, in 2021, we've launched a dedicated plan to, to support border recovery of 6 billion euros. And this plan basically tackles the, the two parts. One is to reactivate the, the, the tourism sector, so supporting the finances of, of companies and improving safety conditions. But at the same time, a second pillar on building the future. And by building the future is how can we speed up and this is pretty much connected to marketing and and to connectivity Uh, and the second pillar is i would say very important for us since the launch of our strategy which is building the future in terms of adjusting the business model in in portugal to towards a more sustainable and 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 digital digital one i think these are reasons that actually explain a lot that uh, happened with us during this period Thanks, Sergio. So a very comprehensive approach to the government supports in Portugal uh, during the pandemic and as we come out of it. Of course, we know the pandemic isn't over yet, but here in France, we, you know, the Prime Minister has this week called on people to wear masks again in public transport as we face a new wave of COVID-19. But even still, we see the focus is shifting and attention is shifting to new challenges um, related to that are impacting the tourism recovery, linked with the economic slowdown, with labour shortages, with inflation and particularly the energy price shock also. How do you see the outlook for tourism and what are the main issues that need to be tackled to boost and consolidate the recovery in the coming months and into the next two to three years? This is in uncertainty is, is here to stay. And, and, and if we look back in the last 20 years, actually uncertainty and, and, and disruption accelerated significantly. Think about September 11 and 21. Uh, think about the terrorist attacks in, in cities in Europe and in the means of transport where tourists typically are. Think about economic crisis in 2008, 2009. Think about COVID. Think now about the war in Ukraine and rising inflation. So I think this is, this is a lot for, for the sector. Uh, but travel kept growing despite all these challenges uh, and growing significantly above the average of growth of the economy. So I think this is also showing that travel is not only a product that consumers are able to buy. Travel is becoming uh, pretty much just a strength and a need of our civilization, our society as, as we are. I was just reading this morning a, a, a report from Expedia saying that 46% of the consumers feel travel is more important now than was pre-pandemic. So this is what's a very important news for the, for the industry, which uh, topic, but this doesn't uh, hide uh, what is actually the uncertainty scenarios that we're living. 
rising of, of inflation, I think it's a, it, it's a challenge, and because it, it, it reduces uh, the available income of, of people to travel and to spend. That's absolutely true, and uh, at the same time, and we are already facing that. Um, the, the rise of inflation is also pressuring uh, costs of production from companies, and 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 well, attacking once again the ones that are recovering from the largest uh, the largest crisis in their in their industry. So I think it's uh, very uncertain in this sense. But talking with uh, with the industry and business operators, what we feel is uh, they are not expecting uh, still uh, a, a huge shock. Because just to give you an example. World travel market a few weeks ago, uh, which is one of the biggest tourism fairs in the world. Uh, all the feedback that I got from the, from the business industry were was absolutely amazing in terms of wow, we're back, business is back. Uh, despite this, seventy five percent of the Europeans plan to travel in the first quarter of twenty twenty three. So I think we're living uh, okay, challenging but very very interesting times. In the, in the sense, yes, and we have, I would say, challenges. I don't know if uh, three main challenges, two, I would say, two short-term and one long-term challenge. One, well, short-term challenges. I think one of the major consequences of COVID-19 was labor shortages. Uh, and I think it's probably the, the biggest challenge. And when we talk with operators, that's uh, because COVID-19 accelerated one thing that was already on the table was the future of work and the transformation and the look for a different kind of vibe for, for our lives. And this impacted uh, an industry that was almost closed for two years. So that's very, very important. And I think for that, very critical uh, approach to skills in the industry and how can we transform the skills uh, agenda in our industry. Absolutely clear. Also salaries, uh, and here in Portugal we are taking this very, uh, I would say, straightforward in terms of understanding that salaries need to be paid. And another thing is how can we, and this is also part of our policy agenda, is how can we make the sector attractive again? Because we were a trendy sector, a nice sector for people to work in. With COVID, fragility became uh, the rule and people started looking at our industry in, uh, in, a, in a different way. And I think now it's time also to build an agenda to actually change completely the way that people look at us. Two additional challenges that were already on the table before COVID-19 and we've been discussing this. Digital, the digital and the, had the, the use of technology was also very accelerated with COVID. So it's now that the agenda uh, on this has to be put on the table. And and sustainability. And here, to be honest, on a, on a personal perspective, to me, it was actually a surprise because every time that we have a huge economic crisis or, or a huge crisis that challenges the, the status quo, typically sustainability tends to go to the second layer of my agenda. But in this case, I think it did move, which is excellent news for the planet, is excellent news for the, the planet that we want to build for our kids, but also needs shows that the industry has to adapt uh, pretty much. In a, in a speedy way. Thanks, Sergio. You pick up that on that point, I think, in terms of how to manage those short-term priorities um, to navigate the recovery in the coming months and in the short in the, in the next year or two, but also making progress on, on those longer-term transitions. And there's been a lot of talk since the start of the crisis, a lot of focus on using this disruption to really rethink about the kind of tourism we want in the future, really thinking about how we go forwards, not backwards, and avoid a return to many of the, the issues and challenges that we had with the pressure in the environment 
represent local communities uh, before the crisis. And also you mentioned the issue of sustainability and tourism has its part to play in, in climate action and meeting net zero targets. It sounds like you're quite optimistic that this transformation agenda is being seized within the sector and um and we are moving do you see areas where more can be done and you know so that we keep this momentum um on these longer term the sustainability agenda on 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 being prepared better prepared for future shocks also absolutely what what i was just saying uh first the fact that sustainability didn't get out of the of of the priorities agenda of of countries it's uh, it's absolutely uh critical and and i i think also covid brought another thing the, the discussion on sustainability practices has been built and i think in the right way as as a supply driven agenda um because typically it, it was governments pushing for or industry pushing for transformation but also this is becoming part of the of agenda of uh, of demand demand is, is starting to take this into into consideration and here in, in portugal we we we've we've set our strategy in 2017 putting sustainability at the core and establishing ambitious goals in terms of economic social and environmental uh, practices and i'm quite happy to to see well and we've been discussing this in the in the committee and then i think tourism trends and policies we will also show that that several countries actually shifted their policies towards sustainability. I can I could mention Switzerland. I could mention Slovenia. I can mention um, the, the recent national tourism strategy from the U.S. I can and I can even mention and I think very important one also the EU transition path that the European Commission launched. All of these are building blocks that take the general model of development of tourism towards new values. And also the industries is taking this very seriously. You think if you look at the main hotel chains in the world, all of them are very aggressive and very complete and comprehensive uh, sustainability reports. So it's it's not something that it's it's a buzzword. It's something that actually is, is making their way into the model of, of the industry. Sergio, this is the OECD, so we can't end the discussion without speaking about data, a topic which I know is close to your heart also. A big challenge during the crisis has been to have the data and information needed to make decisions, and governments and businesses are increasingly turning to new data sources to help fill these gaps. How do you see the use of these new data sources to support the recovery, and what exciting innovations maybe lie ahead for us? I think COVID from that point of view, and probably one of the only positive consequences of that is, is data become needed. And, and like, like never before, uh, everyone was, was, was looking for data and asking what's going to happen. And, and now it's also the case. So we, I believe that this transformation of, of perce- perception of the value of data for, for decision-making is here to stay. And this means for us that, first, we have one agenda that we have to build, and I believe OECD has a, has a role to play there, which is strengthening the, the tourism statistics system, so improving the, the quality of, of the, the statistics available, but at the same time, the, the, the need to explore new sources of data that are out there and quite useful to, to actually help us on this side. And I was thinking about mobile data became, uh, I would say, very common in terms of, 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 the, of the use, I think. Uh, information from banking, bank cards, debit cards, and, and credit cards are also very, very, very important. Airlines data for, for us in, in Portugal it became, I would say, the most important to, tool to understand the future because there's where people uh, will will go in the, in, in the first place. And, and I believe these tools are, are useful for two 
important blocks of our agenda. One is competitiveness, that's what we're talking about, but at the same time, also very useful to, to, to sustainability, to manage destinations, to understand where constraints are, when constraints are, and where specifically they are, and so we can actually act. Thanks, Sergio. I think that's a good note to end on with a uh, an optimistic outlook also in terms of what has positively come out of the pandemic, perhaps, in terms of that drive towards uh, improving and supporting the improvement of tourism data. This brings us to the end of our session today. Thank you, Sergio. It's been great to have you with us to share your experiences and insights as we move into the next phase of the tourism recovery. If you're interested to find out more about the OECD's work on tourism and our latest report, which Sergio mentioned, OECD Tourism Trends and Policies 2022, I invite you to visit the OECD website and follow us on Twitter at OECD underscore local. Thank you. To listen to other OECD podcasts, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud.com slash OECD.